corresponding primary balance of 435 million Ghana cities, equivalent to 0.1% of GDP, is also projected for this year, for next year. The signaling is clear. We are going to judiciously work our way out of our debt situation. Mr. Speaker, total foreign financing of the deficit, as well as exceptional financing, namely the IMS special drawing rights, would amount to 9.1 billion, equivalent to 1.8% of GDP, and will include a planned international financing program of 750 billion for liability management and budget support, particularly capital expenditure. On the other hand, financing of the deficit from domestic sources, including net issuances from debt, will amount to 27.9 billion, equivalent to 5.6% of GDP. The additional exceptional financing from the utilization of the newly allocated SDRs by the IMF will augment and reduce domestic borrowing needs. Mr. Speaker, as a country, we still rely heavily on debt financing to meet a significant portion of our expenditures compared to our peers. It is instructive to note that on the expenditure side, for instance, interest payments and compensation payments alone amounted to 48.7 billion, which is 103.3% of total revenue and grants for January to September 2021. In fact, Mr. Speaker, these two expenditure items absorb all the revenue collected for the period. This trend must be reversed. Mr. Speaker, a key focus of the budget is fiscal consolidation to enhance debt and fiscal sustainability as we implement economic revitalization and transformation post-COVID-19 to save more lives from the COVID pandemic and better the lives of Ghanaians. It is for this reason that government is proposing for the consideration and approval of parliament the revenue enhancing and expenditure rationalization measures in this budget. Indeed, the approval and implementation of the measures will lead to significant fiscal adjustment from a projected fiscal deficit including energy, IPP payments, and FinSec cleanup costs of 12.1% of GDP in 2021 to 7.4% in 2022, representing a strong adjustment of 4.7 percentage points in just one year. Mr. Speaker, not only are we significantly bringing the fiscal deficit down, we are posting a primary surplus of 0.1% of GDP in 2022 from a negative primary balance of 4.7% in 2021. We are confident, though, that the needed fiscal space to continue to support broad-based inclusive, inclusive growth will not elude us. Mr. Speaker, as a people, we are very proud of our history and heritage. We believe in our ability to be self-sustaining. After all, we are a country that became the world's largest producer of cocoa, with farmers working on small farmlands. These farmers bring in some $2 billion annually. We believe in our capability to mobilize the resources, human, natural, and domestic finances to transform our lives. This will require that we share the burden 
so that every adult Ghanaian will contribute to the delivery of critical infrastructure, social services, and improve lives. This revenue mobilization must be a collective effort, and we must all contribute to make this a reality. Mr. Speaker, the Ghana Social Services has completed the preliminary report on the 2021 population and housing census. The census provided useful information that would inform the effective planning and implementation of government policies. However, the data presented also shows some trends that need to be addressed to build a more equitable society. Interestingly, out of the total population of 30.8 million, only 2,364,348 persons are bearing the burden of the entire population as taxpayers as at August 2021. Registered voter population of 17,027,941 as of 2020. Only 1,643,839 persons are captured by SNCH as active contributors to tier one pensions and 2.1 million less than 10% of the total population as active contributors to tier two as of June 2021. Only 45,109 entities are registered as corporate taxpayers. Only 54,364 persons are registered as self-employed taxpayers at the Ghana Revenue Authority, and only 136,198 entities are registered businesses at the Registered General's Department as of August 2021, of which 82% are self-employed. Mr. Speaker, compared to our peers within the middle income brackets, these statistics are a poor reflection on us, and we need to change the narrative. We must resolve by the next by the next census we should have changed these statistics to become an upper middle income country in line of our ghana beyond aid agenda we must try eclipse the 20 percent threshold of revenue to gdp ratio of our west african peers by 2024. mr speaker below are the regional breakdown of tax contributions from 2017 to 2021. Mr. Speaker, Greater Accra contributes almost 90% of our domestic tax, and Ashanti, Western, and Eastern regions together contribute barely 3% of domestic taxes. Mr. Speaker, domestic revenue mobilization is the key to making the vision of Ghana beyond aid a reality. We cannot, therefore, as a nation, continue to depend on only 8.2% of our citizens to carry the burden of 30.8 million people. This is unsustainable and defeats all the tenets of economic prudence and moral justice. Our resolve to use revenue policy to support local industry and generate the desired environment for growth has not waned. In the coming year, government will introduce measures that will revamp the industry and make their products competitive in both the local, 
and international markets. In this respect, it has become increasingly necessary to make some policy changes. Mr. Speaker, in 2019, VAT relief was provided on African prints for Tesla manufacturers to enable them to resuscitate their operations and provide affordable textiles on the market. The policy has succeeded in stabilizing the industry and formed the basis for a modest increase in production. The companies have also maintained their prices over the period, making the cost of local prints affordable. Additionally, they've been able to keep their employees and made some investment in the industry as a result of this policy. To consolidate the gains and expand production in the industry, government has decided to extend the relief for a further two years. Mr. Speaker, the VAT flat rate of 3% of the sale price of goods was introduced in 2017 on the supply of goods by wholesalers and retailers. Subsequent reforms to the taxes on the supply of goods and services have made local goods with imported substitutes uncompetitive. Government is correcting this anomaly by limiting the flat rate to only retailers. All other supply of goods and services will attract the standard rate. The object of the flat rate is to provide a simplified system for small-scale enterprises to ensure that this objective is achieved. The rate will be applied to retailers with annual turnover not exceeding 500,000 Ghana cities. All other retailers and wholesalers will be charged the standard rate. After two and a half years of operation, the temporary benchmark discount policy on imports introduced as a stopgap measure has been reviewed to make it more efficient and better targeted. This is consistent with government policy to promote local industry and improve foreign exchange earnings. We are committed to a program of turning our enterprising traders into manufacturers of widgets, tools, and other machinery necessary as inputs for our industrial growth. Mr. Speaker, revenue compliance and enforcement sits at the heart of domestic revenue mobilization. The Ghana Revenue Authority, borrowed by the Revenue Assurance and Compliance Enforcement, will continue race over its enhanced compliance measures to expand coverage and plaque revenue leakages. The modified taxation system introduced in 2015 through the Income Tax Act 2015, Act 896, is to provide a simplified system of tax compliance for the informal sector and small-scale individuals in business. This law will be amended to increase the threshold from 200,000 to 500,000 Ghana cities per annum. Exports of unprocessed gold by small-scale miners through official channels have dwindled from over 1 million 600 ounces in 2019 to below 100,000 ounces as of September 2021 through smuggling. To stem this tide, government in consultation with the stakeholders in the industry has decided to reduce the withholding tax rate for sale of unprocessed gold by small-scale miners on whom the incidence of the tax is from 3% to 1.5%. Government is committed to working with the relevant agencies and stakeholders in the industry to 
to ensure compliance at a reduced rate of 1.5%. Mr. Speaker, property rates have the potential to increase revenue mobilization for MMDAs and release resources for provision of basic infrastructure as well as the needs of our localities. Property rate assessment and collection pose a challenge to most MMDAs and are fraught of inefficiencies. Government through GRA will from January 2022 assist the MMDAs to implement a common platform for property rate administration to enhance property rate collections and its accountability. To ensure cost recovery by government in providing infrastructure for the collection of the rate, a sharing ratio will be agreed with the assemblies. Fees and charges. Government will complete its work of this House to pass the Fees and Charges Bill for implementation in 2022. These fees and charges will be subject to automatic adjustment consistent with the annual average inflation as announced by the Ghana Statistical Service. A comprehensive review will be conducted after every fifth year, taking into consideration other factors besides inflation, including improvement in quality of service, delivery, and privatization of some of the services where feasible. Mr. Speaker, our roads need fixing and building. Our roads are being fixed. It is true that more roads have been fixed and are being fixed over the last five years than any relative period in the entire history of our nation. We even want to do a lot more, and this budget will cater for this. That is why for decades, governments after governments imposed and maintained tolls on some public roads to raise funds for road construction and maintenance. This is the situation in many countries. However, over the years, the tolling points have become unhealthy market centers, led to heavy traffic on our roads, lengthened travel time from one place to the other, and impacted negatively on productivity. The congestion generated at the tolling points, besides resting, creating these inconveniences, also leads to pollution in and around the vicinities. To address these challenges, government has abolished all tolls on public roads and bridges. This takes effect immediately the budget is approved on appropriation. The toll collection personnel, the toll collection personnel will be reassigned, the expected impact on productivity and reduce environmental pollution will more than offset the revenue foregone by removing the tolls. Tolls, Mr. Speaker, would be abolished on all public roads. Mr. Speaker, over the past 18 months, it has become clear that if the African continent is to be globally competitive, it must embrace the common vision of creating an integrated and inclusive digital society that improves the quality of life of citizens, strengthens the development of the private sector, and advances Africa's quest to attain the Sustainable Development Goals. Mr. Speaker, digitization is empowering. It has catalyzed financial inclusion. It mobilizes resources and directives where it is needed. 
tens of billions of Ghanaian cities are mobilized every month from and by people previously presumed too poor to open and keep a traditional bank account or even operate a mobile phone. With millions of Ghanaians tapping into the convenience of simplified online paying systems, transactions that used to take place on the blind side of the central bank is now fully visible. It is continuing, it is contributing to the formalization of our economy, a subject about which so much had been said for years, but which so little had been actually done. With digitization, state institutions are more able to plug revenue leakages and thus increase internally generated funds. That gives them the capacity to potentially pay their workers better wages and reduce borrowing by central government for capital expenditure because they can go to a bank on the strength of their own books and so reduce the country's debt overhang over time. Mr. Speaker, the Ghana.gov initiative and its performance also indicate the opportunity to harness increases in captured economic actors from 4% to 84%, which creates a real chance to achieve the intended expansion of the TASNET. Currently, we have 49 institutions of transactions through Ghana.gov. However, the number of institutions expected to go live by end November 2021 is 165. The total value of transactions from May 2021 to October 2021 amounted to 34 billion. We believe this initiative will be truly transformative of our revenue mobilization and service delivery agenda. Now, Mr. Speaker, COVID-19 contributed to the acceleration of the digitalization of Africa. Data from the Bank of Ghana confirms a growing trend in online trade. The data showed that between February 2020 and February 2021 alone, Ghana saw an increase of over 120% in the value of digital transactions compared to 44% for the period February 2019 to February 2020. Apart from the convenience online trading offers, the surge has happened globally was primarily due to the increase in the use of digital platforms as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Total value of transactions for 2020 was estimated to be over 500 billion Ghana cities compared to 78 billion cities in 2016, just five years ago. While total money um, subscribers and active mobile sub money users have grown by an average rate of 18% and 16% respectively between 20, 2016 and 2019. Mr. Speaker, it has become clear that, this, that there is this enormous potential to increase tax revenue by bringing into the tax bracket transactions that could be best defined as being undertaken in the informal economy. After considerable deliberation, government has decided to place a levy on all electronic transactions to widen the tax net and rope in, rope in the informal sector.
This shall be known as electronic transaction levy or e-levy. Electronic Mr. Speaker, electronic transactions covering, covering mobile money payments. Mr. Speaker, honourable members, order, order. Electronic mobile money payments, bank transfers, merchant payments, and e-mode remittances will be charged at an applicable rate of 1.75%, which shall be borne by the sender, except inward remittances, which will be borne by the recipient. Mr. Speaker, to safeguard efforts be made to enhance financial inclusion and protect the vulnerable, all transactions that add up to 100 Ghana CDs or less per day, which is approximately 3,000 Ghana cities per month, will be exempt from this levy. A portion of the proceeds from the e-levy will be used to support entrepreneurship, youth employment, cyber security, infrastructure, among others. Mr. Speaker, Taxi Ayabakum, Inina Vitya. This tax is one, and we shall all pay. Mr. Speaker, this new policy also comes into effect once appropriation is passed from 1st January 2022. Government will work with all industry partners to ensure that their systems and payment platforms are configured to implement this policy. And will make money from there. Mr. Speaker, burden sharing. The good people of Ghana have given us a mandate to get things done. For us as a government, this is a clarion call for a new deal, a chance to renew the social contract of our democracy. As Rainbow Neighbor once said, and I quote, nothing worth doing is completed in our lifetime, therefore we must be saved by hope. Nothing true or beautiful or good makes complete sense in any immediate context of history. Therefore, we must be saved by faith. Nothing we do, however virtuous, can be accomplished alone. Therefore, we are saved by love. Therefore, we need to act together as each other's keeper after the unprecedented shock that the pandemic was for the world and for Ghana. We owe each other to share the burden of the recovery. Citizens that have not suffered as much, a loss of income during the pandemic, ought to sacrifice for the rest. Citizens should be called upon to look beyond their own self-interest and work for a great common interest. Our country needs this sacrifice. This budget calls upon the wealthy and the middle class to do their part through property taxes through streamlined exemptions bills, through the removal of benchmark values as selected imported goods, and through targeted digital tax. In doing so, they will also look after future generations by limiting debt accumulation. Mr. Speaker, 
After undergoing several reviews, the exemption bill has been completed and laid before Parliament. We will work with this House for final passage and implementation in 2022. Mr. Fever, we wish to reiterate that we are in challenging times which require radical measures. So let us embrace these new policies to enable government address the fundamental issues affecting the economy, to ensure that our nation continues to maintain its position as the black star of the continent. The good people of Ghana has given us a mandate to get things done. For us, as a government, this is a clarion call for a new deal, a chance to renew the social contract. Mr. Speaker, we are building a sustainable entrepreneurial nation. The census results put Ghana's population figure at 30.8 million. And, and of this number, 42.8% constitute the adult population above 18 years, while 58.2% constitute the population below 18 years. Mr. Speaker, with this youthful population, there's an urgent need to provide the necessary environment for the private sector. In this regard, government will implement a major intervention to empower existing private sector businesses to be robust and dynamic, to expand and create jobs, whilst giving a strong hand up to the youth. Mr. Speaker, in the past 15 years, successive governments have endeavored to implement various employment schemes to partially address the unemployment situation in the country. In 2006, President Kufo initiated the Youth Employment Scheme, which provided meaningful employment avenues to many of our youth. Since then, we have implemented a number of such schemes, with the current ones being NAPCO, 100,000 Youth co Covered, YEA, 80,538 beneficiaries, afforestation, 44,682 youth engaged, National Alternative Employment and Livelihood Program. In addition, 
government has employed some 295,000 into the public sector payroll since 2017 alone. And in 2021 alone, financial clearance total in 72,825 has been granted. Mr. Speaker, in spite of these efforts, we continue to have a huge number of our young people without jobs. Mr. Speaker, this budget is redefining our development paradigm by focusing on the private sector, particularly on entrepreneurship development. We will build an entrepreneurial nation by aggressively implementing programs that empowers the majority of our young people to employ their God-given talents to take risks and become job creators instead of job seekers. Honorable Minister Hunan, honorable members, have regards to the state of the business of the House, I direct that the House sits outside the regular sitting hours. You may continue. You may continue. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. In the pursuit of this objective, we will address the challenges our existing and aspiring entrepreneurs face. These challenges include access to credit and finance, regulatory and tax burdens, lack of skills, as well as mentorship. We will do this whilst intensifying our efforts to support the private sector to expand and create jobs. Mr. Speaker, this understanding of the youth employment challenge, as well as extensive consultations of stakeholders, including youth associations and educational institutions across the country, have led to the development of what we call the Youth Start Initiative. Youth Start Initiative, which proposes to use one billion Ghana cities each year. Proposes to use one billion Ghana cities each year to catalyze an ecosystem to create one million jobs and in partnership with the financial institutions and develop partner and development partners raise another two billion Ghana cities over the three-year period. In addition, Mr. Speaker, our local banks have agreed to a package that will result in increasing their SME portfolio up to five billion Ghana cities over the next three years. This, Mr. Speaker, results in an unprecedented historic 10 billion CD commitment in the next three years to the private sector and the youth start program over the next three years. Mr. Speaker, implementing partners of the youth start. Mr. Speaker, the Ghana Enterprises Agency, the National Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program and partner financial institutions will serve as the implementing arm of Ustart. Entrepreneurs will be able to apply for support through a dedicated Ustart online port line. NEIP will also engage our faith-based organizations as partners for the delivery of essential artisanal skills, business competitions, and feasibility studies, and introduction to financing institutions with a commitment of up to 10% of GOG's contribution to the Youth Start program. Mr. Speaker, Youth Start will provide our youth with the following. 
training, skills development, entrepreneurial support, and business advisory services, funding, access to competitive credit and startup packs, enterprise promotion, mentoring and access to markets, including portals to facilitate digital linkages between youth-led enterprises and other businesses and relevant government agencies. You start products, Mr. Speaker. You start will support youth-led enterprises with the following products. District level loans under 10,000 Ghana cities after two to three months of training. Soft loans of up to 50,000 Ghana cities to help startups, in particular by young graduates and school leavers, and small businesses to expand. Startup packs, soft loans tied to equipment acquisition of up to 50,000 cities for individuals and 100,000 for associations and groups. A standardized loan package of between 100,000 to 400,000 are concessional rates for SMEs through financial institutions. Yes. Mr. Speaker, the Youth Start Initiative aims to support our youth to develop commercially viable businesses. To this end, Youth Start is designed to instill proper commercial orientation in the beneficiaries. This will include financial institutions determining the credit metrics and GEA and NEIP providing training support, especially for the standardized SME loans you start to operationalize by March 2022. Mr. Speaker, it is, all known, it is well known that ours is a, a pro-private sector government. We strongly believe in the private sector leading in growing the economy and creating jobs. We have demonstrated, Mr. Speaker, this commitment over the past five years through policy actions and investments that created macro stability, built our human capacity, and strengthened our financial architecture. And we'll continue to do more in the coming year. Government will continue to streamline the policy and regulatory environment for doing business in the country. I would like to acknowledge our businesses and employers for their resilience and for pulling through the last year and a half despite the severe challenges of COVID-19. Most of you want to, went to great lengths to find innovative ways to keep your businesses going and to, and to hold on and preserve jobs. Government greatly appreciates your efforts. We'll continue to provide support to the CARES Guarantee Scheme, GESEL, and other initiatives to facilitate the expansion and growth of our already existing businesses. In addition, though, guarantees provided by Gersel, government is facilitating access to loans for agribusinesses. Over the past year, Gersel, working with banks, has facilitated production and export expansion in a number of agribusinesses. Mr. Speaker, permit me to extend gratitude to the leadership of the commercial banks who engaged the president in October 2021. I'm happy to report that as a result, the meeting, the Ghana Bankers Association, working with the various banks, have resolved to collectively accelerate their portfolio allocation to qualifying SMEs to fast-track our phase of economic recovery post-COVID-19. My ministry 
is working with the Ghana Bankers Association to conclude the terms to ensure the facilitation of the 500 Ghana, billion Ghana cities over the next three years. In addition, the banking industry, Mr. Speaker, has committed 75 million Ghana cities over the next three years to collectively engage in skills development programs for a minimum of 150,000 young graduates and youth entrepreneurs by engaging in activities. To, to achieve this, the banks have pledged to review the internal processes and procedures to facilitate easier access to credit by SMEs. Mr. Speaker, a 10 billion facility for three years will completely revamp the state of our SMEs and will ensure that our youth have jobs and youth become job creators and not only job seekers, even as the private sector expands to be able to absorb more of them. Mr. Speaker, I have great news. On Friday, November 12, 2021, the good governor of the Bank of Ghana formally handed over the license for the Development Bank of Ghana. With the establishment of the Development Bank of Ghana, which is being capitalized at, Mr. Speaker, one billion US dollars, of which we have already gotten 800 million dollars now. With the establishment of the Development Bank of Ghana, government will provide a powerful response to a long-standing desire of our businesses to easier access to medium and long-term loans at affordable interest rates. Not only will the Development Bank of Ghana, as a wholesale bank, provide loans to financial institutions, it will also provide partial credit guarantees to complement the efforts of GESEL in agriculture and agribusiness. Mr. Speaker, following the extensive financial sector reforms, coupled with the establishment of the Development Bank of Ghana, the conversion of the Ghana Amalgamated Trust into a permanent investment vehicle, we now have a robust financial ecosystem that will support businesses from early stage to mature stage. Mr. Speaker, the NAPCO program was designed as a temporary stone for young graduates for a period of three years. In the last three years, 100,000 young graduates have benefited from the NAPCO program. With over 33,000 trainees already securing jobs, government will work to ensure that the remaining NAPCO trainees are effectively supported to take advantage of the opportunities USAS presents. Mr. Speaker, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, government under the able leadership of His Excellency President Akufo Addo quickly developed a 100 billion COVID-19 alleviation and revitalization enterprise program, what we call the Ghana Cares Obatampe program. This blueprint, which brought instant and significant relief to our people, is revitalizing our nation by improving the business climate, supporting the private sector, and providing job opportunities for the youth. Mr. Speaker, the revitalization of the CARES Obatampa program has three key thrusts. The first is to support the private sector, particularly 
in agribusiness and manufacturing, ICT and digitization. The second thrust is to aggressively support entrepreneurship in order to create job opportunities for our growing and increasing educated youth. The third thrust is to optimize implementation of government transformation agenda for greater results. Since its launch in November 2020, the Obatampa program has targeted strategic management and technical interventions in the agriculture, manufacturing, trade and export sectors. The urgent and transformative vision of the CARES program implied that we could not proceed with a business as usual approach. We therefore swiftly adopted the compact framework to strongly link resources to results. As at the end of July 2021, eight implementation compacts were signed between the Ministry of Finance and participating MDAs. Mr. Speaker, our priority is to facilitate investment and development of communication infrastructure, including integration and leveraging of data systems and platform. Government is working towards enhancing the capacity of key institutions and strengthening coordination with the private sector. private sector for improved service delivery, business expansion and economic transformation. This is consistent with the vision of the president to bridge the digital divide and make technology a driver of our socio-economic progress. Government is making significant progress towards our digitization drive. We are happy to announce that to date we have issued unique identification cards over 11.6 million Ghanaians. The second phase of the National Digital Property Addressing System, as well as the establishment of a National Digital Property Register, are complete. Mr. Speaker, with the expansion of digital financial platforms, including mobile money and its interoperability with the banking system, we are increasing financial inclusion. We are also in the process of digitizing the health records of Ghanaians and creating a national digital platform for the sale of pharmaceutical products to improve the efficiency of our healthcare. Mr. Speaker, our plan to establish a comprehensive government-wide database and register as a reference platform a management system for all government digital assets was set in motion with stakeholder engagements. We are currently awaiting the outcome of the preliminary assessment to inform the next step. Mr. Speaker, Government will fast-track efforts to upgrade the Kumasi, Tamale, and Secondary Takradi Regional Innovation Center for digital centers. The upgrade is to facilitate the building of ICT capacity, provide support to startups to boost job creation, and enhance the drive for knowledge and socio-economic growth. Climate action and sustainable transition to a low-carbon economy. Mr. Speaker, having launched our updated nationally determined contribution at the recently ended COP26, Ghana has confirmed its readiness to leverage its natural resources to fund a sustainable transition to a low-carbon economy. This will be done by facilitating private sector participation in low-carbon activities and industries in a manner that generates more jobs for Ghanaians and improves our general well-being. In the course of the last two decades, 
We have adopted several policies and programs aimed at restoring our North Forest. Between 2002 and 2020, under the National Forest Plantation Development Program and the Ghana Forest Plantation Strategy, some 588,000 hectares of plantation have been established. Again, through the Youth Infrastructure Program, we are committed to reclaiming some 7.6 million hectares of degraded forests and farmlands. Government is committed to promoting climate adaptation activities. We will collaborate with the Global Center on Adaptation in close collaboration with the African Development Bank in pioneering solutions on how to build durable infrastructure and supporting African cities to guard against the impact of climate change. We are also working with the private sector on the assistance of the Green Climate Fund to establish a multi-million dollar green fund to support our climate adaptation interventions. We shall, in the, we shall Mr. Speaker, in addition, work with our traditional authorities and districts to issue innovative mini-muni adaptation